I looked back at my files, and last year, the first Sunday, I was in Psalm 1 as well. <laughs> that probably is several years running. I, it is one of my favorites, and I tend to read through the Bible in a year, and so it, you start in the Psalms, and every year it catches my attention. So I just put all the old stuff back together and figured you won't remember. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Probably true, yeah. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Contemporary English version says it this way, God blesses those people who refuse evil advice and won't follow sinners or join in sneering at God. I guess when we look at that, we have to say, okay, um, who am I listening to? And what things are, am I address, uh, have I failed to address or what do I need to address? And, you know, when I was, when I was chewing on this, I, I'm going, well, the current trend in much of our culture is, is that our phone is the one, <laughs> the one or the thing or the whoever, whatever it is that we're listening to most, right? It, for years, you kind of thought computers would be the thing, but now you have that mobile device that, that addresses everything. And so it's probably valuable to at least say, what am I listening to? And what am I, you know, how much of my day is consumed with this? And w where am I going with this? And why? You know, it, it's a lot of times uh, it, we want to be affirmed, and so we're constantly clicking and wanting others to click whatever we post and you know but it's it, it, it's valuable to just say where is this time going and what what am I investing in and this this passage is saying if you if you're listening to the wrong voices it, it's not going to be valuable for you in fact it's going to be very detrimental to your life and so even then too is if we take that out a step further at times we need to evaluate which friendships am I cultivating? And what effect are they having on me? Sometimes we find that we have the ability to be the influencers, and sometimes we are influenced. And we have to be honest with ourselves as to what those relationships, where they're going that way, whether we're the one that's truly investing and pulling things in one direction, or if... The person we're with really is the one that draws us. And then is it a valuable thing or is it something that's really destroying us? And so we have to be honest with ourselves at times and say, you know what, I, I see myself as an influencer, but this person, they, they set the agenda every time we're together. And they're the ones that, that they're moving my thought. And, and then, you know, hopefully we're able to say, well, but it's a really good direction, so <laughs> I guess I'll cling to this. Or we need to say, no, I, I'm always going down a, a faulty path, and maybe this is one that I need to cut back on. Anyway, uh, it says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law He meditates day and night. And I was just kind of chewing on that day and night idea and obviously, we don't spend as much time in the Old Testament law 
as what was when this was written. But the question is, where does our time get spent day and night in regard to the Lord? And if it is to be a part of our thinking day and night, what, what does that involve? So I want to come back to that in a little bit. But first, let's read through the rest of it. It says, if our day and night preoccupation is the Lord and His ways, it says, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, yields its fruit, its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. In other words, you're ready and able to do anything that you need to do come life, and, and getting the most out of life, so to speak, that your life is, is um, producing the fruit that's appropriate for who you are. And so, again, if, if there's that willingness to be day and night before the Lord and pursuing Him, there's a wholeness of life that is promised to those who pursue Him. He says, the wicked are not so, but are like chaff, which the wind drives away. I, I, I'm assuming everybody knows what chaff is, but I'm not going to guarantee that. With wheat and oats and any grain, there's a husk on it. And that has to be taken off before you eat the grain, or before you grind the flour or whatever you do with it. it it's, but that, the, the remnants or the, the junk is called chaff. And so he's saying, you know, your life is going to be like junk, or there's a dissipation, it's worthless, that would, it's just frittered off wherever where the wind blows if you refuse to make the Lord your preoccupation. He says, therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment. Again, I like the contemporary English version. Sinners don't have an excuse on the day of judgment. And they won't have a place with the people of God. So no excuse, no place, so to speak. Okay. The Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So he says he protects everyone who follows him. So that, that's a, an incredible promise with opportunity, right? To invest our lives into the Lord there's a saying that he will grant oversight over us and he will give us the direction needed to make our lives have all the fullness that's available to them. So I, I went back and I just started tracking, okay, New Testament, what does that mean, the, the day and night preoccupation with the Lord? And I was drawn to the, the, the parable of the, the Good Samaritan, which the, the lawyer asks, you know, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And, and the response that Jesus said, well, what do you read? Or, and he's gone, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And, and the lawyer <laughs> would like more definition so that, you know, it's kind of boxed, right? And Jesus comes out with a parable that says there were two religious people that saw a guy on the road that, had been beaten and mistreated, and they passed on by. The priest and the Levite, they, 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 had, the, they were, had the right name, they had the right training, but they didn't take care of the deed when it was needed. And so he said, then there was the Samaritan, which would have been a, an outcast of the day, 
And yet he says he saw the man, he had mercy on him, and so he went to him and took care of him. In other words, he was willing to take the risk that maybe this was just a setup for another robbery. So he, he, he saw a situation and said, this, this could be trouble, and yet he, his compassion goes beyond that. And then he takes the time to invest, and he also spends the energy and, and money necessary to see this person brought back to health. And again, all of those, I think, put into a contemporary context, say, am I truly looking outward with eyes of mercy that see people in need, and am I willing to take the risk necessary and the investment to see them brought back into health? And all of us have to ask ourselves that because it's easy to deceive our own thoughts and say, yeah, of course I love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I love my neighbor, but... Uh, I'm just not into that, all that investment right now. They're a lot of trouble, right? It's a risky thing. And yet, the, the call in God is to reach out that way. I want to just give a few more random verses, kind of around that idea of daily or always. He said to them, this is Jesus, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. So there's a denial of self before God, and in a sense, that opens the door even for denial of ourself in the treatment of others. But there's this, this thing we have to cross that says, I am willing to put my goals, my desires, my agenda on hold first for the Lord. I want to find out what He has to say first and foremost. And then if we want to take that a step further of loving neighbor, we, if we learn how to deny ourselves before God, we, we have a better opportunity, I feel, to deny ourselves in the, the caring for others as well. Because there is a setting aside of our own self, our selfish ways. And yet Jesus is saying, daily, deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. Um, 2 Corinthians says, we're always of good courage, always. We know while we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage. We would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So he says, we're always of courage, but why? Because we have this hope of being with the Lord. Even though we're here in the body now, our life's preoccupation is actually defined by something else. Here's another verse. Peter came and said, that, Lord, often will I forgive my brother who sins against me? And, uh, of course, Jesus basically says, whenever it's needed. And if that's the case, I would assume that forgiveness is almost a daily basis, if not more, right? It, all the married people are shaking their head yes. <laughs> That's part of it, right? It's part of cultivating a releasing of things that we don't perceive as treating us as just the most wonderful thing on earth. Somehow, they're not as committed to that at times as we are. And we have to forgive them. <laughs> Well, we do our own things as well, right? 
But it's, it's cultivating that and saying, do I want to live my life angry or do I want to live my life in forgiving mode? Do I always want to be uptight over something or upset over something? Or am I going to cultivate a releasing that says, not important enough, not essential, not that big a deal? And, and just to continue in that and say, I don't want to carry the weight of that anger all the time, every day. And so the other alternative is to begin dismissing and releasing. Here's another. Give us each day our daily bread. So we take our concerns to the Lord. And thankfully, a lot of us are going, I don't really have that many needs today. He has been gracious, very gracious. But even with what concerns us, we're encouraged to take that to him. Here's a list, an always list, out of 1 Thessalonians. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Always seek to do good for others. That's part of our list, every day, day and night, right? But he's got more. Always rejoice. So cultivating that. Pray without ceasing. So again, a day and night activity. And give thanks in all circumstances. It's a powerful idea to cultivate a thankful life. I'd suggest to you that it, it, it is an intentional thing that can become habit. That every day there ought to be this awareness of, yeah, there's, there's a lot of good going on around me and connected to my life. And Lord, I thank you for your care and oversight and provision that way. And even in the things that I can't see in this moment, the value that they have, I have great confidence in you that you are intending good out of those as well. And so I'll give you thanks even before I know the fullness of why. But that, that changes the way we perceive things. Always seek to do good, always rejoice, always pray, always give thanks. Now, we enter into the new year, and, and it's, it's a great time for me to just look and say, okay, I want to get this done, I felt like I got that done, or I didn't get that done, this carries over on the list, and I don't know if you're into that or not, but I am, uh, so I share it. But there, there are times when we're looking and going, uh, there's a lot of junk in last year and the year before, and, you know, I, I know I'm forgiven in God, but there's a carryover of the, the, uh, the effects of my sin. And I don't necessarily like that, but can I even dig myself out of the hole? And yet, in God, we are being transformed. And so there is this expectation of coming out of the end of the year better than what we went into it. 
There's an anticipation that says, the Lord is good in my life, and He is transforming me to be like Him. And so some of the junk is going to be gone by next year. And I like that thought. Do I expect to be perfect at the end of the year? Um, I'm sure you would remind me that I'm not, if, if I ever had that. But I fully expect to have some things taken care of this year that have yet to be taken care of in connection with me. And I can point to things in the past that way. And often in this part of it, it gets so personal, I'm not interested in doing that publicly. But I'm very grateful in the Lord for His transformation. 2 Corinthians. We all with unveiled face, he's remembering Moses meeting with God on the mountain and having his very appearance changed. And he says, we are... By the Spirit of God, we are entering into relationships similar to what Moses had. It doesn't necessarily mean our faces are going to glow, but there will be a glow about our lives, so to speak. He says, beholding the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image. So in other words, as I spend time with God, my, my life itself is being transformed by Him to be like Him. And so yeah, that's the, the changing that we anticipate that as this day and night activity is taking place, there's a transforming going on in us to be more like God. It says we are being changed in the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So this comes from God. He says our li- very lives are being transformed by Him. So I, I, at the start of the new year, I'm reminding myself again, this is what we're about. Day and night, we chase after Him. And as we spend time in His presence, there's a transformation that affects us. And as we spend time in the Scripture, there's an awareness of, of activities that need to become part of our life. You know, the, to, to give thanks, to, to rejoice always, you know, to forgive. You know, those, those things that in our selfish hearts we aren't prone toward, but we still say, this is a better way to live, and this is what I want to be about. Thanks to the Lord, huh? Fresh starts, new days. We thank you, Lord, for this new year. We pray that it would be amazing in you. We pray that our hearts would be transformed as we spend time with you. We thank you for your generosity that brings your glory into our lives and transforms us and makes us new. Amen. Let's seal some things in the Lord. Let's look at the past and give thanks for the victories he's brought. Let's look honestly at the things that need to change and say, transform my heart. Let's ask him for specifics, and then let's do them, okay? May your blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy 
the wonder of seeking you day and night. I ask as each one goes into the community that you'll give them words of life to speak over others, that you'll enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom, gift them with the supernatural, I ask. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day. Amen. God bless you.